Wherever is the Congos? Why are there two Congos in Africa? And why are they? What are they? And why the difference? It is by revisiting the history of colonization, conquest, and wars that one will come to realize these answers. On the podcast today, we met up with two young ladies who currently who are currently living in the U.S. but are from the Democratic Republic of Congo and not the Republic of Congo. The Congos were colonized by two competing European countries, France and Belgium, so that today these independent African countries are separated by a hybrid identity, largely the result of European domination and conquest, where one half of these peoples were colonized by the French, so that today the Republic speaks French, and the other half Belgium, so that the Democratic Republic speaks Belgian or Belgian. The Congos are currently independent nations since the 1960s. But just like other colonized countries in Africa and the global south are dependent capitalist countries with high levels of poverty and some amount of instability and local infighting over whatever resources is left after European domination. However, we learn that the Congo, while an important country with a resource used to make many devices we hold in our hands today, they are the creators of rumba and are very bucolic, simple society with deep culture, roots, varied cuisine and flavorful music. However, the study of the Congo continues to reveal the reality and result of the black position in the world today. The discussions here form part of a study we're looking on at the development of privilege and power and the reality of the human dynamics today the reality of the human dynamics today as we study power and its strategies, problems for human progress. But what is interesting is that almost every former colonized country today, except for Canada and the US, that had white settlers and the Puritans from Europe, and to some extent South Africa and Australia, are struggling dependent capitalist countries with high levels of crime and violence and some amount of instability. Further, not only is this situation evident nationally in countries, but among peoples and places in post-industrial countries where there is a concentration of black and brown peoples, progenitors of nations that suffered conquest and domination under colonization and the slave trade. This is discussed in my book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, which was published last year, 2021, and is available worldwide. But it is also picked up in book two, Neoliberal Globalization Reconsidered, which will be out in December of 2022, this year. We discuss this particular topic today, the Congos, hybrid identity, and the black position. What is the hybrid identity? Mm. That's why you have to listen to the podcast today. But hybrid identity is a 
hybridity or hybrid the concept of hybrid has been around for quite a while um, you've heard about hybrid cars um, which are cars that utilize that can save miles on gas and and in a, and, um, and that's one of the good features about it it's a mix so when you think about hybrid we're talking about mixture okay so the top so when so the topic today is the Congos hybrid identity and the black position that you've asked me what the hybrid what I mean by hybrid it's very important it's very interesting because yes that needed to have been defined but hybrid only think about hybrid hybrid is a is a really deep academic concept as well in academia when you start to study the concept of hybridity But in this sense, we're talking. I, well, you have to listen to the to the podcast because I put a spin on it. In a sense, but um, but it's when we talk, think about hybrid, you're always combing two different elements, two different things. As I said, it's a mixture. It's a mixture of, of things. And so that would give you a little insight as to what to expect in the podcast today. In addition to, of course, the amazing interview that provided the insight into the Congos. The Congos. Hi- hybrid identity. and the black position. And I have with me two amazing young women, young ladies, powerful women who are with me today. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and um and you know and they are from We're from the Congo. Yes, and you know, it's not often that I meet people from from the Congo. I'm from Jamaica, right? And so, and I tell people I have one of the most amazing jobs. I get to meet people from all over the world, right? And I'm here with two young ladies, beautiful, amazing young ladies uh, from so Congo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and um, tell me, uh, uh, what's your names, by the way? My name is Aaliyah. Okay. My name is Maggie. And um, and how long have you been um, here in the U.S.? Since 2010, so 12 years and counting. Oh, just around the same time when I came here. Oh, great. Wow, and what has been the experience like? First, first, tell me, what what was life like coming from Congo? In, in the Congo, tell me what's life like in Congo? What's going on in the Congo? Well, um, our country is very big, and I come from the now southern the part of the country, so um, things have been pretty peaceful out there. However, if I was to come from the eastern part, then obviously 
sector it's been an ongoing war for the past 30 some, uh, something years uh, but I'm just lucky enough that where I come from things have been peaceful watch this war what what's going on so they have this um, I have a, I have an, I have a very interesting and insightful podcast episode. I met two women yesterday. You know where they are from? Yes. Well, okay, you would know. Africa, but an, an African state or an African country in the continent, and continent Africa, Congo. And I learned several things yesterday about Congo that I didn't know. You know, first of all, I have never met anyone from the Congo. I've never spoken to anyone from the Congo or the Congos. Never. Yesterday was my first time and it was quite interesting. So this podcast... It's a, it's, a, it's a brief it's a brief introduction to life in the Congo or the Congo but not just the Congo but this actually I learned that there's two types of Congo you know that there's not just one it's two types of Congo because and you find that a lot of Amer- a lot of Congolese people do not you, you don't find them a lot in the U.S. This, the U.S. is not one of their countries of choice or places of choice because they speak their official language, of a national or official language. Is, well, they were colonized by the Belgians. By the Belgians and by the French. So one part of the Congos is Belgian, Democratic Republic of the Congo. That's them. That's... Okay, and then there is the Republic of the Congo. But it's two different Congos. One, same thing like in Canada, where, you have two, where the country was split in half between the French and the English, because the French controlled part of, 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 of Canada. Or in the Americas, you find it was the French and the English. But in the Congo, you have, it was split between the Belgians and the French. So if you go to the... You know what language they speak in, in Congo? They don't speak English, you know. They speak French. And 
Belgium. Or Belgian. Belgian. Okay, they speak Belgian. It's quite interesting. And, but it's, they talk about what's going on in the Congo. They talk about the opportunities. They talk about the fear. They talk about the challenges. You know, they talk about how they, why they are here and so on and so forth. Quite powerful. Quite powerful learning about the Congo. But you know, you see, we talk about how Europe destroyed Africa, how they went and colonized that country and raped rape Africa of their wealth. So that, you know, anywhere where the Europeans or the Caucasian went, yes, anywhere where they colonized and went, they went there and raped these people. And now you go back to those countries, those countries are depressed. Except for in the U.S. The U.S. Is, is, is completely different because, first of all, America, the U.S., is a different situation. A different situation with the U.S. in terms of colonization and so on. Because you find out a lot of the colonists came here and they settled here. There are a lot of colonists and the Puritans and so on. You didn't find a lot of the Puritans in, in Africa, okay? Who came with the, uh, the plantocracy and so on. You didn't find those people. You didn't find them in Jamaica and the Caribbean. You didn't find them. And these countries in the global south, sorry, these, these African countries, black countries that were devastated, colonized by Europe, They, today, they are a beacon of disaster in terms of, I should not say that. They struggle. Economically, they struggle. And 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 many of these countries have adopted European conservative brand of religion, European conservative brand of, they still have certain culture that is, that certain cultures that is uniquely African, uniquely black, uniquely Jamaican, uniquely uh, 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 uh. but the, the issue is they were completely re-assimilated reshaped the countries were raped and turned these countries into dependent capitalist countries But anywhere where the Europeans went, if you look at those countries today, those black countries, or those Latino, Latino countries, they are poor. There is no, every single one of them, and the European countries are posting, the post-industrial are wealthy today because of that fact. When we talk about this issue of race, this issue of competition, there was indeed a competition where the people in the Europe, in people in Europe, went and destroyed and, and, and invaded these people's land and took them and took them and then went all over and scattered these people all over the world and made them forever poor. It's quite interesting.
mineral that they call coltan that uh, most um, companies uh, that work in techs like uh, Apple, HP, Dell use in their you know uh, in their iPhones uh, computers. Uh, they have it there, and um, supposedly I don't know how true this is, but supposedly. The Western world actually influenced the war back uh, back there, so they can be able to extract these minerals for a cheaper uh, cost, and therefore I use it in all the products, uh, our devices that we use every day. Okay, so it's exported all yeah. over the world. Yeah. So is it that to what to underground? So there are factions, there are groups fighting over over control. Yes. Yes. Yes, and they are all um, African. They are Cong um, well, Congolese. Well, it's Holy from yeah. Rwandans fighting with the Congolese folks, and supposedly the Rwandans are being used by the Western world. Um, yes. America being one of the countries that's actually fueling that, so yeah. they can extract these minerals for cheaper. Oh, what they, what do they use this product or this? this they payload? use it to uh, create iPhones. They use it to create every device that you have right now oh wow yeah so so you oh wow so I, so this is like gold this is like diamond yeah because everybody wants an iphone yeah. i mean this is this the new age 21st yeah. century now yeah. everybody is um killing over if you new, don't have an iphone it's like are you even using a phone yes. right now <laughs> oh wow yeah okay and um and and here you are now in the so that's one of the reasons why you so, to, to tell me, outside of that, what's, what's Congo like these days? Um, so far, uh, it's doing okay. Yeah. Um, the, like I said, the rest of the country is pretty peaceful. It's just yeah. that eastern part. But everything, it's just like anywhere else in, in the yeah. world, like in Jamaica, in the Caribbean, right. anywhere. It's pretty much the same. And, uh, you know, I know you guys have a, a soccer team, right? We Aren't do. Aren't you guys playing in the World Cup this year? No, we're not. Unfortunately, oh. we lost. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> but at least we have Cameroon, you know, yes, uh, yes, that's yes. going to be part of it. So we're supporting them. What's the relationship between um, Congo and the other um, African Pretty states? good. Like, we're a very peaceful country. We're yes. very welcoming people. And, yeah, we have a good relationship overall with the rest of the continent. And in, what is Congo, the Congo, known for outside it of the, the mineral? It is known for the music. music mm. uh, we're the originators of rumba. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's different from the rumba that, uh, I guess, uh, Cubans play, but uh, supposedly it came from there, too, from Congo. Yes. But we are the originators of that. Uh, good food. We have some really nice um, national parks. Unfortunately, we're not known for that because... Every time uh, someone talks about the Congo, it's always about this particular war that's only happening in the eastern part of the country. Yes. So it overshadows everything that we have to offer, unfortunately. Oh, but wow. yeah. I urge you guys to visit. It's really nice. People are peaceful. People yes. are welcoming. And yeah, just come on and we're going to embrace you as you are. And um, in the, the economy, what kind of economy is it? Um, is it you guys have and governmental system and so on? Um, we're not a capitalist country. Okay. We're not also a liberal country. I guess yes. it's, it's just going to be a little bit of everything. Yes. So yes. I don't really have a name for it, but it's a little bit of everything. Okay, so it's a mixed economy. Yes. Okay, yes, there okay. You go. That would be perfect. Yes. And um, in terms of the history, did you. Um, was was the Congo was Congo also part of um, 
any a colony of any country? Absolutely, we were colonized by the Belgians, uh, so we actually we speak French as our first language. Okay. Because we were colonized by Belgians, yes. but uh, that was over uh, in uh, on the thirtieth of June uh, in nineteen sixty. Okay. Um, That's when you got you got independence. Yes. Oh wow! So you know, yeah, in the sixties, several country, a lot of countries got independent in the nineteen sixties. Um, Jamaica what got independence in 1962. Right. A lot of Trinidad and Tobago, Barbados, quite a few countries um, mm -hmm. got um, in the 50s following nationalism, the nationalism right. wave. Okay, and um, how has it been since um, you guys got independent in terms of uh, government system? 60, and 60, what, 62 years now? Yes. Yeah. Ah. And there's been peaceful transition. Who are the two, who are the two governmental? Not very peaceful because um, the, the person who actually got us our independence was killed brutally. His oh. name was Patrice Emery Lumumba. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he was killed because obviously, again, yeah. Congo was like this huge pie that everyone was trying to get a piece of. And they were not happy to see us, you know, just thrive on our own. So they had to kill the person who really fought for our independence and they put their pawn yeah. um, Mobutu Seseko uh, I think that was like five years after the independence yeah. and he was he reigned let's put it that way for like 30 something years and yeah. then Kabila the father came and uh, took over it, it yeah. wasn't a peaceful um, you know transition yeah. and then um, well, when he took over, he was also up there for like three years and he was killed. Yeah. So the son took over and he was president for like 12 to 17 years. And yes. just four years ago, this other uh, guy took over um, and his last, um, actually he's, um, he's going, he's, uh, oh, when is he? Oh, so I you think, guys have a president? Yes. Okay. The reason why I use uh, the rain um, verb for Mobutu is because he, he was there for 30 the something the years at this point. Street. Are we talking about a country? Or. Wow. You guys have. Is it like a planned uh, or a state run economy or a dictatorship or something? He was a dictator. Okay. But. Um, so far with the new one we we would like to think that it's not going to turn into a dictatorship because yeah. we're actually going to uh the elections next year in december so we're just hoping that it's going to be a peaceful election and who we'll may the you know the best candidate win yes Wow, I've learned so much. You know, I haven't. I don't know much about the Congo. So you should, to, you yes. should research. And by the way, just so you know, there is two Congos, now right? There is the Democratic Republic of Congo, Street. and there is the Republic of Congo. We're from the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is the big Congo, the yes. heart of Africa. Just oh. so you know. Okay, so remind me of the two again. One is the the uh, Republic of Congo. Yes. And then the Democratic Republic of Congo. We're from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And what's the difference between the, the two? Dif well, we have two different presidents. We uh, they were colonized by the French. Oh. From France, we were colonized by Belgians, but they also yes. speak French. Right. Yes. Oh, so it's as if the country is split in Yes, two. and uh, the only thing that separates us is uh, a, a lake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. You know, it's almost like um, 
Canada has a, almost a similar situation. Yeah. yeah. With the French and the um, yeah, and but the English, the English folks. Yep. Oh wow, that that's quite interesting. Yeah. And to know you are here. By the way, what how you know COVID? What in terms of COVID and what happened? How did how was COVID? How did COVID treat um? Uh, Back home. Yeah, Congo. No, it didn't affect us as ah. much. Honestly, I feel like the food that we eat out there, the weather also had to play a huge role. People grow their own food, right? Okay. It's not like the GMO stuff that you get off the counter here. Yeah. So obviously, it's not you're not eating things that that's building your immune system. You're eating things that's destroying your immune system. Right. Right. Whereas over there, you're eating things that are building your immune system. So that's why the COVID rates were not as high as in the Western world. Oh wow! This is so you. So you guys have the kind of just a lot. It's very bucolic, mm-hmm. agrarian. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice, nice. And now, now you are here in the. You came here about ten years. You said ten years ago. What 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 was the experience? What was the experience like? The transition like? It was very interesting. Culture shock. You yes. know, um, uh, food because <laughs> I'm a foodie. It was yes. very different. Um, but then again, I came here for school, right? Yes. So I didn't... The language, right? right? The language was different. Because before coming here, I had to go learn English in South Africa. Yes. Just so my transition would be a little smoother. Right. And obviously in South Africa, the English they speak there is British, British English. English. It's yes. not American English. So when I came here, there were a few words that would always throw me off. Like, okay, <laughs> why? what do you mean gas station? It's filling station, you know? Oh, Just little yes, things yes, like that. Yes, yes. But I got used to it and here I am. Oh, wow, wow. And, um, and so far... You have been um, getting involved in, in assimilating into the culture here. Yeah, I try as much as I can. I try to take the good and I yes. try to also just, you know, uh, live the bad out there. Yes. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Do you ever go back to Congo? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go back in the past two years because yes. obviously adulthood has been hitting me pretty hard. Yes. But yes. next year, I yes. am going home. So, wow. That's yeah. Just- no, I mean, I know a lot. What, tell me the experience in terms of what are the expectations that people have of you in the Congo? Now, you are here in the Congo. What's the expectation that people have of you? They always tend to seem that when you studied overseas, you kind of like know it all. Yes. But really, do you really know it all? I believe in uh, complementary, right? Yes. Um, just me, com- like adding to whatever you put uh, on the table like this is the idea i'm bringing this is also what i'm bringing how can we make it better whereas they think you know if you studied abroad you know it all you're better than but really are you yes no Uh, that's that's just my point of view obviously everyone's point of view is going to be different but they think that if i go there i'm gonna make things so much better but yes and they, they have high, they have high, ex- expectations, high expectations super high expectations yes yes because not many persons have the opportunity to, to travel and to leave how many not many persons have the opportunity to travel or to leave um, it, you're free to leave if you have the money it all comes down to the funds 
Yes. It yes. all comes down to the funds. If you have it, we have a lot of. Granted, Amer- Congolese people don't necessarily come to like America, yeah. but most people come. Uh, they go to Europe. Like you'll find a lot of Congolese people in Belgium because obviously we were colonized by them. Yes. Most of Congolese people in France because obviously the language and all that right. stuff. Uh, you do now find a lot of Congolese people in the UK. Yeah. Uh, because also like the, 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 the flight is not as long right yes. here it takes you like 20 something hours to, to get here whereas if you're in Kinshasa going to Belgium it takes you like 7 to 8 hours and you're there there's yeah. no time difference and there's not really that huge culture shock because obviously we were colonized by these people so it's kind yeah. of like the same really uh, kind of I'm not saying it's the same but it's kind of you know what to expect to a certain extent yes yes yes, yes, yes. wow in terms of let me ask a question in terms of like say for example in Jamaica one US dollar is mm-hmm. about 136 to and that's good because ours one US dollar is 2,000 pound oh. <laughs> wow yeah. wow okay. Yeah. okay 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 I understand I remember some time ago my uh, a very good friend of mine went to Zimbabwe. She came back and she was uh, telling me. Their, their currency is... Yes. Mm, just use your dollars. That's it. And when you're in Zimbabwe. Ah, <laughs> yes. What's family life like and uh, the religion and so on? Mostly Christian than Muslim folks. Yes. Um, then what else do we have? All the other like tribe, yes. tribal... Um, religious groups yes. but mostly Christians your destination uh, and, yeah and people are very family oriented like when right. you're 25 they're yes. asking you when are you getting married because <laughs> we don't necessarily believe in having kids out of wedlock oh. so when are you getting married so you can start having kids yes oh so yes very on the right. very religious yep okay. yep that was thank you so oh, much. Thank you for having it us. It was such a pleasure. The pleasure was ours too. We yes. appreciate it. And we appreciate it. Join uh, uh, hopefully it's something when you study history. If you look at history. And if you study war. When you study war, and you, even throughout civilizations, throughout history, countries fought against other countries for dominance and for wealth. And what was always the strategy when this happened? When other countries penetrate another weaker, smaller country, they will take over and rape their land off. Any wealth that they can get, anything that those people, that the people, and then they will also rape them of not just the land, but any and all of the natural, or any of the resources, including the people, the labor. And in some instances, During colonization, you have to look at it that the race was involved in a race. Post-industrial countries, capitalists represented by the nobles at that time. And, 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 And 
kings and emperors and the church and so on. Their, their activities, when we think about it today, many years ago, the thinking was different because you go to war, you steal, the, you steal their land, you steal their labor, you steal their people, you rape them and leave them in a less advantageous position than you are. So we have to put this into perspective and we have to understand this clearly when you look at the dynamics in the world today, when you look at peoples in the world today and why black people and brown people are not privileged and why they are poor and why wherever there is a concentration of black and brown people, those areas call for is, is lack opportunities or have very limited resources compared to others because it is it because it is what has happened in the past black and brown people they are are suffering today in many instances compared to the others are not in a privileged position today because of what has transpired in the past with wars and rumors of wars between countries and peoples and places. And when and when a particular place, when a particular people, when a particular country loses a war, they lose their pride. They lose they may lose their self-identity. Because the country that go that goes in and penetrate so especially years um, hundreds of uh, during colonization and beyond they would commit genocide. And you, if you look at what happened in, in Jamaica and many of these countries where they were, that experienced colonization and eventually met the slave trade, you find that the natives that lived in these countries when the Europeans visited them no longer exist today. They're not no longer. They were all destroyed. They were all killed. They were either overworked. Some of them commit suicide. They were mistreated and raped. But such is war. Such is war. That is, if, if it's at the time, when countries go against each other, they, at, if you study history, it was never with a sense of morality, never, never with a sense of pride. They dehumanized the other, create caricatures of them, in order to go in and plunder. But this is always the case with human beings when human beings go up against each other. They redefine one another and engage them. If you look at fights in the ring, boxing, or when people compete against each other, yes? They redefine the people they redefine one another. But anyway, beyond that, it's quite interesting. So if you study if you study all those countries today, if you study countries today that were invaded by Europe and the, those peoples today and what is happening in those countries and with those peoples, you'll find a situation 
that speaks to the history of those people as if black and brown peoples are constantly reminded of the fact that they and their peoples got the end of the stick as their ancestors were engaged in a war that largely left them at the other end of the stick because the Europeans invaded and plundered and destroyed their countries, took their wealth, some, some of their, lived, some of, some of those countries were eventually, some of those, some, some, some of those, some of those countries were lived in, were settled by and took over and uh, uh, taken control of by Europeans. And today you find, say for example, South Africa, But you find that there is a lot of wealth, a lot of barrenness, a lot of struggle, a lot of dependent capitalism. So this particular episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast is quite interesting as I met and I discussed, talk, and you know, I have never met anyone in, I've, talk, I've heard about the Congo, I've watched the, the by the way, the Congo national team, I, 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 they play fo- soccer or football, it's a football country, and many of these countries adopt European style, ways, competition, their sports. Having been, having had their countries and um, been destroyed and taken advantage of and granted, and now they are part of the international stage with new identity, with a hybrid identity, so to speak. But the issue of privilege and position becomes a very important issue and the issue of neoliberal globalization it must be placed into contrast when we think about the history of the world Europe and Africa the history of peoples and how war ultimately create dynamics in society that we are experiencing and living today. So when we, when we look at the issue of racism, when you look at the issue of income inequality and poverty, when you look at the issue of power and privilege, and you look at Western civilizations and other civilizations throughout history, and you see how war destroy people's places and lives, and ultimately, and those, many of those people whose lives were destroyed by wars, who, whose countries were defeated, end up, some of these people end up living and their, and their ancestors and, and, and those that come after them end up living and finding themselves with other languages, other tongues, in other places, and with new or hybrid identity. This is, this is important. And so you've, you wonder, why is it that some people, why is it that things won't change? And why is it that there is race? Why is it that things won't seem not to be changing in the world? There's still an issue of privilege and position and so on and so forth. 
Why is it that black and brown people are the poorest in the world? Why is it that the black and brown countries are among the poorest and depressed in the world? And you start to study wars of the world and how and 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 how the, many of their wealth was was taken away. And many of these countries got independence in nineteen sixty in the nineteen sixties. Jamaica was one, the Congo, Trinidad, Tobago, so on and so forth. Um, many of these countries got the U.S. got independence in seventeen seventy six. Because the independence and the people who fought the war was kind of different. The people who led the war and the makeup of the country and so on. And this is very important as you study people and places and what's happening today and dynamics. So some people are okay with the status quo. Some people are okay with what gives, with how with the dynamics in society, with the privilege and the, because it stems from what has happened historically in society. Where those where those who have lost the war, them and their ancestors and and, 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 their, and and their progenitors, their children and grandchildren, a constant reminder of a war that was lost by them and their people. But there is much poverty. But you find, look what's happening in the Congo. It's quite interesting. I can't wait for you to hear this. This is this is powerful. But there's one other concerning issue. It's as if these countries in Africa don't know how to deal with wealth. They, they don't know how... To, sorry, it's as, not in, sorry, I'm not going to say in Africa. Many, many people, many of our peoples, they don't know how to deal with wealth. They don't know how to get along. They don't know how to support each other. They're always fighting over spoils and so on. In the Congo... You know... The, the, it's as if they have some of these... Many of these countries have resources in the country. They don't know how to capitalize... And utilize it. In, in in East Congo, they have a particular resource that is used to make iPhones. I understand there is, is there's much instability and fighting in that part of the country between two types of people up in the Congo. And what what what's really bad? What is what what's what's the most embarrassing thing is that. The U.S., our country, in some sense, I understand from these Congolese women, is supporting a situation that puts one group of people over another. You look what happened in Haiti and so on. This de jure, de facto, ways of perpetuating the demise of certain people continues in subtle ways that many people in your own in your communes you don't think about it but it is happen, happening at the political and at the international global levels as countries as your governments go and destroy and plunder and use various ways to take advantage of other countries and then and which ultimately affect people's 
in throughout generations. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Neliba Round Podcast. Please join us tomorrow for another exciting episode. We will be uh, at the launch for at the Honorable um, uh, Stephanie M. Sawyer, the launch of the resource-based sentencing and supervision, uh, the Sentencing Foundation. So it's not the launch of the resource-based, it's the, it's the sentence. It's the Sentence and Supervision Foundation, and they provide resources to the resource-based supervision and supervision sentencing foundation, um, which is geared towards reducing recidivism uh, as it relates to incarceration and also cutting down mass incarceration. So that's gonna and we will be having an interview again with the Honorable Judge um, Sawyer as we look forward to covering the launch coming up soon and we are also I'm also working on my, on the release of my second book and I'm going to talk a little bit about it um, sometime next week or maybe this week I will talk and share with you a little bit about that new book it promises to be it's a powerful book it's entitled Neoliberal Globalization Reconsidered from the 1960s to the American Recession and Beyond and it is actually uh, second edition to neoliberalism and it continues the themes and the concepts there. But the question is, to what extent has neoliberal globalization affected, affected, affected the working class in the Americas, particularly black and brown peoples in the global south and the global north? And for the study, the Caribbean and the United States, with references in other countries and peoples as well. Further, how have these people responded, responded, so on and so forth? I won't, I won't spoil Spoiling because I will I will share the, the introduction and the, some excerpts from the book on another podcast. Thank you for listening to the Nailable Run podcast. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie. Please send us a feedback, subscribe to this show on any stream, and support us at https colon forward slash forward slash anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support. And please do visit us at www.theneoliberal.com. The Neoliberal Corporation, serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges through our communication, which is to make popular what was the monopoly. What good?